Yes, we are glad. And for those, uh, we won't, the, the other folks who are here who haven't been in a, in a little while, we won't make y'all stand up unless you want to, unless y'all got something to, on your heart that, <laughs> got anything on your heart um, that, that uh, you'd like to say, but you, you're welcome to at any point. But we are glad that you are here in the Lord's house. Um, different things going on. We will not, it, it is first Sunday but we will not have first Sunday meal this week. Uh, we will will stay till uh, May to have our first Sunday meal. Keep in mind too that uh, in five weeks it's going to be Mother's Day. So lots of things going on. Get get your mind right and be here. Well, between now and then as well. But uh, but be here for Mother's Day as well. Um, we are having. Our, we're gathering our things for our shoe boxes. So if you haven't brought anything for the month of March, it was a toy. If you're bringing things now for the month of April, uh, it's shower items because April showers, you know. So uh, bring things that are like bar soap. Um, you can bring those little um, washcloths in the, the magic towel washcloths or a pack of washcloths. You can bring anything that is not liquid uh, to to help out with our th- and we have just so so much so far and thank you thank you thank you for that and uh, and please do continue to keep that in your mind and and do give as we are from the rest of the the year up until November we'll be gathering things together if you do not have any money to give give a shoebox if you uh, don't have any time to go to the store give some money to pay for that shipping cuz um we will be doing a lot of boxes and we won't we want plenty of Plenty of money to ship it. Um, any other announcements going on? I can't think of anything, but we will let you know if there are things. But we are. We are so very glad that you have decided to be, been able to be in the Lord's house. For those watching online, hello. We are glad that you have joined with us on Easter Sunday to celebrate Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. You know, we don't just we don't just celebrate his death because that's not really much to celebrate if if he died on the cross and that was it i mean that's a huge sacrifice for us but but that wasn't enough to save us from our sins that wasn't enough to give us victory but he rose again so that we could be victorious one of the songs that we're singing today it says uh, he turns he turns graves into gardens and whenever i was you know planning for the music and that sort of thing i, I thought about it that when he was when he was in the garden there, when he had risen, and Mary came up to him and she thought he was the gardener. That that place that of death he had turned into a place of life and renewal. And he does that in the sense of resurrection from the dead, but also in our lives. And those things that have been dead, he will raise to life again. Amen. Let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for you. God, we are so thankful that you sent your only son to die for our sins and the sins of this world. God, we are so thankful, Jesus, that you are willing to come to die for us, to suffer a horrible death. But God, we are so thankful that you have all power 
over death, over hell, over the grave, that you are able to, in three days, raise again. God, we are so thankful that through you we have the victory over sin, that we have the victory over anything that we face and we go through. God, we just, we praise you, we honor you, that you have allowed us to be here in your house. And God, we thank you for those who are here, for those who are watching, and we ask that your presence and your power be with us so strongly. God, that everything that is said and done today would lift you up and honor your holy name. God, if there is someone here who has who doesn't know you as Savior, God, I pray that before they leave today, their hearts and their lives would be changed because of what you have done. God, we just ask that you accept our worship today, that you have it as a sweet-smelling fragrance in your nostrils. God, that you would just come down in a powerful and strong way. We thank you. We praise you for all that you do and all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I searched the world, but it couldn't feel me. Man's empty praise and treasures of faith. We're never enough, but you came along and put me back together. Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing. Better than you, there's nothing. Better than you, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. So I'm not afraid to show you my Lord, you see them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. And there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Cause Better than you, there's nothing. Better than you, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Sing that again. Lord, there is nothing. Better than you, there's nothing. Better than you. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. See, you turn morning to dancing. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. 
turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. Sing that again. You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who
You are so good to us. Doesn't Jennifer do a good job picking out the right songs for the right time? That's good stuff, and I appreciate it this morning. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. It's glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's good to see all of you. And it's good to see a lot of you that I hadn't seen in a while. And I just, it does the old man's heart good to see you in church this morning. And so, uh, hope that God blesses you today. Don't forget that we still are trying to pay for a uh, heating and air conditioning unit. I think it's going to cost us somewhere between seven and $8,000. And so, anything you can do to help would surely be appreciated. Uh, for those of you who are virtual and can't be here, if you decide you want to take it to the joiners, I'm sure Brother Joiner will take your money. I don't have any doubt that Brother Joiner will take yours if you go by. And if you come by my house, I don't have no doubt my wife will take your money if you come by mine. So uh, we'll be happy to take that and be happy to take care of it, get it paid for, and not have to worry about it anymore. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Wiseman, will you say a blessing over the offering for us this morning, please?
Father's love. You pray for me this morning as I sing that for you today.
think you're distant, just some words on a page. That you're nothing more than fables handed down along the way. But I've seen you part the waters when no one else could pull me from the deep. That's who you are to me. Some people think you just live in cathedrals made of stone. But I know you live inside my heart. I know that it's your home. And I've seen you in a sunset and in the eyes of a stranger on the street. That's who you are to me. You're amazing, faithful, love's open door.
well, but I've already been blessed this morning. That song Jennifer was singing was, uh, wow, I have Jesus. How could I want more? Wow. Seeing Gretchen. Wow. Blows my mind. Anyway, anyway, it's time to receive our prayer request this morning. Any spoken first? stand and we're, I'm sorry, unspoken request, raise your hand. Please stand as we go to the Lord.
fellowship.
Again, y'all are here in the Lord's house for Easter Sunday. And those, again, watching, thanks for watching. And we hope that you are blessed and uh, the Lord helps you and just you feel his presence. Amen. Uh, we are we're going to get started in just a second. But I, before, I, I just want to give out something. You know, you didn't know that you were going to come to church and, and get a giveaway, did you? And just good stuff right the lord just blesses us and uh yeah amen so um so yeah we, let's just oh my goodness let's just see here how let's see all right here here we go here's you some here's you something <laughs> yes yes that's right that's and see that that came from our house just yesterday isn't that special it's um yeah it's still from from christmas yeah, because we <laughs> it was in Shane's man room, so uh, yeah, he he hadn't thrown that garbage away. But yeah, that's glad that you're here at church. Here, oh, here we go. That's a little bit better. How about that? All right, there we go. There's some. All right, hmm. Let's see. I've got some. Oh my goodness, this is this one's good. All right, here, Tracy. Here, here you go. There you go. Yes, praise the Lord. Amen. So. No, it's 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 coals from our fire. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Coals from the fire. Yes, glory. So, 
so today as we as we're celebrating the Easter season and we're just excited about Jesus and what he's done for us I I just want to ask you a question and maybe maybe you're wondering the same thing when I ask this question uh what's so bad about sin you know maybe you're wondering I don't know what's so bad about it I don't know um and and on on our Easter Sunday, you know, we talk about the resurrection of Jesus, and yes, it's great, and I'm excited, and I'm sure that there are a lot of churches uh, that are are talking about Jesus being resurrected and things being resurrected in your life and all this stuff, and, and I'm sure that, that if you tune in to some of these churches online, that's what they're talking about. But in studying and in praying, this was just on my heart. So, for those who already know, you know, the answer to this, this will just be a little tool in your pocket. But for those who are truly wondering, then, you know, maybe this will answer some things. I don't know. In the, the book that we're going to is Second Corinthians. And in this book, Paul was speaking to the church at Corinth. This was at least his third time speaking to them. There are some commentators who believe that it was the fourth time that he spoke to them. He had written them one letter that we have, which is 1 Corinthians. He had written them a harsh letter because they were acting a fool. There was another letter that had possibly gotten lost. So that's that's why we say it's possibly the third letter because we don't know for sure if he wrote a third one um, that was lost and then this was the fourth or if he did not write a third one and this was the third one. Does that make sense? go back and watch the video if that can turn and go slow motion if it doesn't um we're getting into paul so you know lots of confusing things but this particular church had had numerous issues with their understanding of sin and right living they had had a lot of stuff going on and things that they were allowing within their church and sin that they were allowing to be rampant within their church and they were all sitting together in the pews and just worshiping while this crazy mess was going on again read some first corinthians and you'll find out lots of stuff but apparently they had taken to heart the things that paul had said to them earlier in first corinthians and in the harsh letter because this book is much more encouraging than the first in this particular section the church is being made aware of their gift that god has given to them and paul tells them that since they have been reconciled to christ that was the gift the gift of reconciliation since they had been reconciled to Christ, they must preach reconciliation to others. So again, if you guys are already and y'all watching, you're like, oh, I got this. We're, we're good. I'm loving Jesus and everything. Then this is just a tool in your pocket, just an explanation of a particular set of verses. But if you've been wondering, again, what's so bad about sin? Maybe we'll talk about it. So here, Paul is leaving them them with some imagery of a biblical sin offering. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. So we'll turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting with verse 14. 14 through 16, it says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all are dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto him which died for them and rose again wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh yea though we have Christ after the flesh yet now henceforth know we him no more does that make perfect sense thank you Paul again you see why I'm (laughs) talking so confusing because I've been studying Paul for a while 
So here, Paul is explaining his motivation for ministry and preaching the gospel. He said, God's love has constrained, and this word constrained means arrested. God's love has arrested me. God's love has held me captive to the point that I'm compelled to tell others about God's love. I'm compelled to teach them, to tell them what it is that God has done for me. He has, he has just wrapped me up in his redemption to the point that I got to tell somebody about it. The good news must come alive within us to the point that we cannot help but share. And then he talks about death and resurrection. He said, one died for all because we are all dead. Now, some have taken this to mean it says that one died for all, so all were dead. Some people have taken this to mean that all means that all people will be saved, this idea of universalism, that because Jesus died, everybody will just automatically get saved. If that's what you're thinking, I'll go ahead and burst your bubble. That is not the case. There are some steps that you have to take to accept Christ. Now, it's available to all. It has been given to all. However, not all will receive it. Just like I gave you those lovely gifts. You know, that, that bag of trash from Christmas. And the, and the ashes from... Now, Zach, he got a Starbucks gift card. I'm just saying, y'all might have to... I gave it to you, though, Zach, because you can defend yourself against anyone who tries to come and, you know, take that from you. Um, he's a... Well, he's a police officer. Exactly. Defending himself. Yeah. The one Christ had to die because all were dead in sin. This is what the all is meaning here. Because one had to die, all were dead. All of us were dead in sins and trespasses. If you are living in sin, if you are living in sin, if you are living in sin, then you are a dead man walking. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The, the Bible tells us that the soul that sins, it shall die. And see, this is one of the bad things about sin. So what's so bad about sin? This is one of the things that's so bad about sin is I don't feel dead. When I'm sinning, when I'm just going through my life, doing my own thing, when I'm offending God in the ways that I'm thinking and acting, when I'm offending God in the ways that I'm speaking and the actions that I take, I don't feel dead. But the consequence of my actions lead to death. And the desire of the enemy is the death of my purpose, the death of my sanity, the death of my self-worth. See, that's what sin will do to you. It will kill these things within you. When we begin to sin, we don't think it's so bad. We, we touch a little bit. Oh, that's not so bad. Let's keep and I don't want to, Shane and I were talking just a couple of days ago, that we, we oftentimes give levels to sin. And we think, oh, well, this is so awful. If you do this, you are the worst sinner there is, and there is no hope for you. And then we kind of dial it back when we look at the things that we're doing. And we look and we say, oh, well, that's not so bad. Having that pride in my heart, not so awful. So in a little discord, that's not so terrible. Oh, oh my. Gossiping just a tiny bit. 
those little white lies. You know, they're not so bad. But if I was a murderer, that would be terrible, and that would be so much worse than what I'm doing. See, the, the sin that's in our lives wants to cause a death to our conscience, that we begin to see the things that we're doing as, as not so bad. Nah, it's all right. So one of the bad things about sin is death. But because Christ died for us, we do not live for ourselves. That's what, what Paul tells us here. Not simply because of gratitude, but also because Christ holds the power of death and the grave. We live for him when we turn our lives over to him. We're living for him, not just because, oh, I'm so grateful to you, but because we can be victorious. We can live a victorious and abundant life because of what Jesus did. We live for him because he died and rose again. There's victory through Christ. And here, Paul addresses the way that he used to view Christ. He said, you know, I used to view him after the flesh. We know, if you have heard anything about Paul, we know that he was a killer of Christians. He was a persecutor of the church. And he would go into all sorts of different towns trying to find Christians and and put them in prison and have them martyred because of his hatred for their views and their thoughts. And he said, you know, when I, when I, before I was converted, before I knew, I just saw Jesus as just some other man. And so often that's the way that the world is trying to show us. You know, they're, they're trying to say, oh, Christ was just a good man. Oh, he was just a positive role model. Oh, he's just someone to emulate. But no, Paul says, once I got saved, I realized that that was not the case. Jesus is the Son of God. He is fully God, fully man. He is the eternal Savior. He is the risen Lord. And I don't see him the way that I used to because my eyes have been opened. Then we see in verse 17, Therefore, so because we don't see Christ like that anymore, because we see him correctly, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He says that anyone who receives Christ is given the promise of newness. New thoughts, new actions, new attitudes. This phrase, new creation, was used during Paul's day to indicate a person who had left worshiping idols and been converted to the true faith. So he's saying that once you are in Christ, you've left following what you used to follow. You've, you've left those idols. You've left those things that used to be the most important stuff in your life. And you're following the true way of Christ. So the old can be gone. Another thing that can be so bad about sin is that we begin to be trapped in old cycles. Ever feel that way? When you think to yourself, oh, I can, I can do this. I can make it. I, I'm, I'm sure that I can get over this thing. And you do well for a little while, and then you kind of fall off the wagon. Oh, I can, I can try to be a better person in my own strength. I can try to do a little bit better day by day. I, I, I can do this. And then we fall right back. And see, the thing is, without Christ, there is no newness. 
Without Christ, there's just the same old cycle over and over and over again. And no matter how hard we try, no matter how much effort we give to it, we cannot in ourselves be any better. We can fool some people for a little while. I can act better. I can, I can stop talking like I was. I, I can stop, and that means, you know, anything that comes out of your mouth that shouldn't. I'm not, y'all know. I can, st I can try to stop doing that. But if I'm doing it in my own self, I slip up a little bit. Or I'm trying not to have as bad an attitude. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to, every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to, you know, write in my gratitude journal or whatever it is. I'm going to be, I'm going to be positive. And then if I don't have the love of Jesus in me, the first time that, that I get flipped off in traffic, well, <clears throat> there goes the joy. But that newness in Christ that will renew me day after day can help me with this. Sometimes we get trapped in those cycles. The enemy will try to lie to you to tell you that following Jesus is old-fashioned and irrelevant, but in Christ there is a newness of life. There, you know, we, we see these new sins. We see, oh, the newest and best and biggest thing. Oh, this is great. Let's try this. But there's nothing new under the sun. And when it comes to seeing this, the same old stuff they were doing back in Jesus' time, we just didn't hear about it as much because now everybody has social media and they're posting all the crazy mess they're doing. But, but the, the enemy will try to lie to you and he'll say, oh, serving God is old-fashioned and serving God is archaic and serving God, there's no point in it because, you know, it just doesn't fit into this modern world. This is a lie that the enemy keeps telling and, and I'm, I'm seeing it over and over again and maybe you're seeing it as well, but, but this thought of, of, oh, well, the Bible is irrelevant. <laughs> Maybe they should read a little bit of Revelation because it's, it's telling exactly the kinds of things that are going on. And if it's not relevant for today's day, wow, I don't, I don't know what he is. In Christ, there is newness of life. Each day, his mercies are new. The cycles of addiction, insecurity, whew, fear, all that can be broken when I come into newness of life in Christ. And then, and then, the devil whispers, because as I'm writing this down, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, what could, what could someone say to this? What could they rebut against this? And the thing was, I thought about Paul. It said, oh, wretched man that I am. <laughs> because when I want to do right, evil is before me. And when I want to do good, I end up not doing that. And if even Paul was going through this kind of thing, we know that there may be times that we go through that as well. Even in, even in loving the Lord, even in serving Him, there will be times that I, would, that I would rather do the wrong than keep doing the right. Okay, I'm not going to say that there's not, because when we say there's deliverance in Christ, there is deliverance in Christ, absolutely, but sometimes that flesh just rises up. <clears throat> and when someone does say something ugly, or cut in front of me in traffic. I don't, I don't know why I'm looking at you. But. When someone does that, I have that choice. 
to live and walk in the newness or to give in, oh, wretched man that I am, to give in to that old stuff, that old way of living. But how is this possible? In verses 18 through 20, it says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. So how is it possible that I can receive newness of life and that I can continue to walk in newness of life, that I don't have to be defeated day by day, that I don't have to listen to the enemy's lies? Well, this is possible through reconciliation. He says, all things, meaning the newness of life, the freedom from sin, the change in perspective, all things are by God and through him. He has made reconciliation possible by the blood of Jesus. So this word reconciliation, when I think of that, I, I think of you know, a couple that has broken up and then they get back together. And it's kind of like this. The word reconciliation here means to change mutually so it's an exchange that we have that I have something and the other person has something and we exchange so this word reconciliation changing mutually also to return to favor that I was once out of favor but now I'm back and see this is one of the things that's so bad about sin. As I'm talking about reconciliation and being reconciled back to God and, and coming back into right relationship with Him, immediately some people will come up with the thought, well, why do I even need to be reconciled to God? If I have no true respect for God or I don't see Him as awesome as He actually is, then my first thought will be, why does it matter? Why do I need to be forgiven? See, that's what the enemy does. He tries to fill us with pride. To say, oh, well, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. What you're doing isn't so bad. What you're doing isn't any worse than what anyone else is doing. But if, and that's in the Greek sense, since God is the originator and creator of all things, he has set up boundaries for our health, our safety, for achieving purpose. There is a standard that God has set up. And when we violate that standard by sinning, we begin to be separated from him. So see, some people, they think, well, why do I have to why should I have to follow this set of rules? Why is this set of rules any better, any different than any other set of rules? And the thing is, God is the one. He's the creator. He made us. And since he's the creator, and since he made us, it's kind of like when your kids are in the house, 
and and you say, hey, do such and such. Well, why do I have to? <laughs> oh, bless your heart, because I said so. But the thing is, God is saying to us, because I love you, because I don't want you to be hurt, because I don't want you to live defeated, because I want you to have abundant life, because I want you to be prosperous, because I want you to live fulfilled and live with purpose, because I don't want you stuck in these cycles anymore. But the thing is, as we sin, we get stuck in this stuff, and the, the fear that sin causes will tear us down and the anxiety that sin causes will tear us down and the the worry and concern about what everyone is thinking of us oh my when we are not living for christ we have all these things to think about to worry about but when we're reconciled to god it is possible that through him we can live victoriously When we don't live with him, when we are apart from him, when we're not reconciled, this creates a gaping hole that we attempt to fill with things that won't never satisfy. We begin to put things in there, and, and we could list off sins, you know, whatever they are. But the thing is, sin is anything that you put ahead of God, anything that you put first before God, anything that would offend God. So that can be anything. Okay. So I'm not going to, I'm not, right now, there may come a time, because I have another message that's, whew, it hit me hard. But um, <laughs> you, you know what's sin in your life. And for those of us who have been Christians for a long time, our sin may not be as blatant, it may not be as upfront, it may not be things that other people see, but it's stuff within our hearts that we try to keep hidden we try to keep secret but it's things that are still pulling us away from God and that sin may satisfy those things may satisfy for just a little bit because there's pleasure in sin for a season the Bible tells us that those things will satisfy for just a little bit but then when you begin to you begin to lay down at night and you realize I'm not fulfilled there's something in me that's missing well, maybe I just need to do a little more of this and this. Well, maybe I just need to try this new thing. And maybe that will fulfill that hole within me. But no, it won't. The only thing, the only thing that is the answer is to be reconciled with God. It has been the desire of the Father ever since the fall of man to bring humanity back into right relationship with him. It tore his heart out when Adam and Eve sinned because he had been in fellowship with them forever how long they had existed. We don't know how long it was from the time that they were created until the fall, but he had been with them every single day and he'd been speaking to them directly and he walked with them and he had fellowship with them and it has been his desire since that time to be in fellowship with us. Therefore, he sent Jesus. This is not for the purpose of imputing our trespasses, and this means not for the purpose of taking an inventory of our shortcomings. So God wasn't, God wasn't there with a list. All right, we're going to begin to write down all the bad things that Jennifer has done. All right, all right. 
Suprema. Oh, oh, we're writing down all the things that Sister Vicky has, well, maybe not Sister at the time. <laughs> we're writing down all the bad things that Sister Vicky has done. And we're going to hold this against her. That wasn't what God was doing. That wasn't what Jesus came for. That wasn't the point. But it was to free us from sin and shame. It was to rescue us from those times that we had messed up so badly that we could never fix it ourselves. But even beyond that, the Father wants to speak a better word to you. He's asking you, do you want to trade? There's a free gift. All you have to do is trade. But sometimes we get nervous when we're right there on the edge. Have you ever been there? I don't know, maybe those watching, I don't know how, how any of you have felt right before you gave your heart to Jesus. But sometimes we get right on the edge of surrendering. And even those of us who have been following the Lord for a long time, but we need to surrender something to Him. We need to give up something that's, that's within us and that's holding us back from Him. And we get right to that edge. And then we begin to get nervous. How badly do I really want to give this up? I mean, if I give it up, maybe I can take it back in a couple weeks if this doesn't work out. Maybe I'm the only one who's ever felt that way or thought that. Uh, I'll, I'll stop this, but ooh, if God's way isn't working out, I'll just, you know, while God's not looking, I'll just grab it back. But this is one of the things that is so bad about sin. It is rooted in fear. What if I accept this gift of God and then I'm missing out? What if I begin to live for Christ, but then I, I see that other people look like their lives are better? What if I'm missing out on something? What if I try this and I fail at it? Newsflash, you will, but that's what Jesus is for and that's what his blood's for. <laughs> you know, you give your life to Jesus and there will be times that you fail. It happens. But again, that's what the blood of Jesus is for, to come back and say, you want to trade this again? I'm, I'm sorry. I messed up. Let's trade. <laughs> when, when we come to Christ, there, again, there may be that, that feeling of fear that the enemy places within us, like, oh, can God really love me after I've done whatever it is? Insert word here. I'm so awful, I'm so terrible. What if, what if God sees that and he doesn't want to forgive me? But just like Paul said, we have been made ambassadors. If you're living for the Lord, you've been made ambassadors to share this with people that the perfect love of Jesus can rid us from all fear. If you don't know that already, I'm telling you now, I'm an ambassador sent to tell you that the perfect love of Jesus casts out all fear and that there's no reason to fear. Because the thing is, we don't have to be, we don't have to be perfect. There's no way for us to be perfect when we come to God. 
when I come down to the altar and I, I give my heart to Jesus, it's not like I have to lay aside everything right then and and if I haven't, then God can't accept me. No, God accepts me right where I am, right how I am, and then he begins to work in me. And he begins to teach me what's right and what's wrong through his word, through through prayer, through fellowship with other believers, through learning and discipling. He begins to show me what's wrong. And I'm telling you, even when you've, you know, 20-something years, I don't even know, 20-something uh, <laughs> years or 30 years, 50 years after you've been a Christian, there, there are times that the Lord begins to speak to you, hey, let's get rid of some of that stuff. And when you keep hearing that voice of the Lord, like, no, Lord, I'm good, I'm fine, it's all right. Like, no, no, you need to be closer. You need to go deeper with me. So let's let's give those things up. Let's let go of that. And we're, again, we get fearful. Ah, oh, but that perfect love casts out all fear. In verse 21 it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Dwell on this verse for just a second. A being who had never sinned. He had been in heaven creating the universe. He was there at the very beginning. He was there before the beginning of time. We, we don't know how, we can't even imagine, we can't even fathom the fact that, <laughs> that Christ has always been. So this being this being who had never sinned. Oh. This being who, amen. This being who had never sinned, who was absolutely perfect. And throughout all of history, he saw the sins of all people. He saw what was happening on the earth. And God had instituted this plan of animal sacrifice in order to bring man closer to God but it wasn't perfect it wasn't the right way and then God said son it's time because this has always been God's plan the plan of Jesus it was not plan B God knew that Adam and Eve were going to mess up and God had from the very because it says in the Bible that he is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world so there was no plan B here this was God's plan from the very beginning that he said okay son it's time and he sent him down to live for 33 years completely sin free this this man fully God, fully man. He was absolutely perfect and sinless. He, who experienced every temptation that we do. And we think, oh, it's not the same kinds of temptations. now, But there's nothing new under the sun. So every kind of temptation that we face, Jesus faced it too, but was without sin. And he took my place. To fully understand this, we must first recognize that sin requires death. This is God's rule. And God created everything, so he gets to make the rule. We, we recognize that sin requires death. If we continue in sin, the death will be ours. 
But if we wish to live eternally, something else must be sacrificed in our place. In the Old Testament, when a person sinned, they would bring an animal to the temple. They realized that they had sinned. They realized that they had done wrong. So they would, they would either purchase or pick out of their livestock a completely perfect animal. It, it had to be, could not have any marks. It could not be marred in any way. could not be, uh, its, its legs couldn't be broken. It could not have had any kind of imperfection. And if they didn't have one of those in their flock, they would go purchase one. And they would bring it to the temple, and they would have to lay their hands on the head of the animal. And they would impart their sin onto whatever animal they had brought, a bull, a lamb, a dove, whatever it was. They would, they would put their sin, put their sin onto the animal. And then the offender would watch as the animal was slaughtered right in front of them. So while I have my hand on this animal, it's being, it's being killed. And all that goes along with a gruesome death that I have to watch, that I have to see. Knowing that it was because of my sin, knowing that it was because of what I had done that caused the animal to die. Fast forward to the New Testament, God's plan for bringing humanity back to himself was Jesus. So I want you to think for just a second, and I, I really, for real, I do. Where you're watching, you're here, and whatever you've been thinking about, or if you've been, hey, if you've been focused, thanks, great. If you've been uh, thinking about what you're going to have for lunch, just put that on pause for a second. If you're, if you're thinking about all the Easter candy you're going to consume once you, once you get back home, put that aside for just a second. And I want you to think. I want you to think about your most wretched, shameful sin. I'm, I'm serious. I want you to think about it. For just a second, I want you to think about what you have done that is the very worst. I want you to think about what you have done that if anyone ever found out. You don't know how you'd recover. If anyone ever knew that I'd done this. If anyone ever found out that this was who I've been, they may not even talk to me anymore. So think about that. And now understand that every sin that each person here is thinking about, every terrible, horrible thing that people watching online are thinking about, every terrible, horrible thing that everyone from the time of Jesus, the billions of people, billions of people that have existed from the time of Jesus and the seven billion people that are existing right now, that every single horrible, wretched, disgusting thing that they had done, and even the small things that we don't even think are, are really all that bad. Every single one of those things was placed on the head of Jesus. 
and if we accept him or not, okay, if we accept him or not, because one person would, because one person would accept him, the, the shame and the disgrace of every single sin was placed on the head of Jesus. Imagine the shame, imagine the weight, the things that we carry because the enemy attacks us with it. The things that come back to our mind when we're all by ourselves and we think, you did that, how can Jesus love you? Those things that the enemy brings back to us to remind us of our past, to remind us of our sin, all those things. Jesus took the weight of that. He became sin, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. If we impart the sin to him, he becomes our sin sacrifice so that we can be made righteous. One final sacrifice available to all. Every single sin, we talked about this in our class a month or so ago, every single sin in perpetuity, meaning that time does not exist the way that we see it. Okay, I don't want to get too crazy with it. But time does not exist like we see it. We see everything linear. We see, okay, I was born at a certain time. I lost my first tooth. I went to school. I, I graduated. I got married. I did this and this and this. We see everything as linear. But the truth is, time is going on and on and on. It, it continues to circle. And God is, Jesus is, in all places at all times because he is omnipresent. So right now he is with us and he's moving in our lives and, and he's in this place with us. But also right now Jesus is on the cross. And again, I don't want to get too weird with it, but, but the thing is time does not exist in the mind of God. So while we are here and while we think it happened thousands and thousands of years ago, the sins that we commit are fresh to God because he's seeing Jesus up on the cross, receiving the sins that we commit. This is one of the things that is so bad about sin. It asks us to ignore the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. It says, oh, it's not such a big deal that you sin. It's not a big deal. It's, not, it's okay. It's fine. But Brother Mike sings a song sometimes. Does he still feel the nails? And in essence, in a way, yes, he does, because time is continually going on and on because he is he is the same yesterday today forever he's in all those places right now again it's it's nearly impossible for us to understand but it's the truth but here's the thing here's the thing that jesus is saying now and those of you those lucky ones <laughs> those lucky ones Now, I know that you I know that you enjoyed your bag of trash there. That was good stuff, right? But, but if you'd like to trade, I have something. Would you like to trade? 
Well, there we go. Oh, we'll throw out, look at that. We'll throw out the trash because, and yeah, y'all get to keep whatever it is. We'll throw out the trash because, see, the thing is, when God trades with us, we don't have to hold on to this. I didn't make her keep it. I didn't make her keep the memory of holding on to this this yucky old trash that's been hanging around since Christmas time. I, I didn't I didn't make her keep that. She gets to keep a new gift, a gift she didn't pay for, a gift that that she was not requesting. But she gets to keep that and this is going to go into the garbage. We're going to throw that away. She doesn't even have to think about that ever again. She doesn't have to think about that ever again. See, that's the thing, and, and the enemy will, t- will continue to remind you of all the things you've done, but you don't have to think about those things anymore. You don't have to worry about that anymore because that's going to be gone. All right, now, Tracy, I, you, you're welcome to. You get the choice, okay? You can keep the bag of coal and ashes, or you can have... It's like, let's make a deal here. You can have whatever's in this bag. Would you rather trade or would you rather keep it? Okay, so see, here's the thing. This, yes, sir. This thing that at one time was was serving its purpose, it's nothing but ash now. And the Bible says that that we get beauty for ashes that we get beauty for ashes. This is, this is useless. This is useless at this point. And God takes away those things that we don't need, that, that are useless to us. And he throws them out. We don't have to think about it anymore. Now, now Zach, you have a choice. You have a choice. Now, I have that. He got a Starbucks gift card, y'all. That's what I, that's what I handed him. Now, Zach, you have a choice. Do, do you want to trade me? Hmm. Who? Let's see. He's like, he's like, I'll trade to go along with the, with the, you know, with the bit. But see, what Zach doesn't know, because a little bit in his mind, he's like, I don't know, I can't see the amount that's on this one. <laughs> Maybe that, I don't know. Maybe you're like trading me uh, trading me $20 for $5. I don't know. And see, that's the thing. We stand on the edge and we say, God, I'm not really sure. <sighs> should I step over and, and have faith? <sighs> or should I hold on to this thing that seems good? That seems like it's serving me well. But see, what Zach doesn't know, and I'll trade you, Zach. What Zach doesn't know is that last night, I put the balance of this card onto my Starbucks app, so this had nothing on it anyway. And the thing is, and that one I did not, so you, there is money on there. The thing is, what looked to me like it was worth something what looked to me just on the surface like, oh, yeah, I, this is good. What I'm doing is fine. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm whatever, working hard and, and trying my best to do what's best in my mind. I'm trying to, to serve myself. I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to do right. Not knowing, not understanding 
that it's useless in the end. If I take this to Starbucks, they're going to, like, okay, give me some money, please. Swipe it. Um, hello? Money, please. It's useless. And the enemy will try to tell you, he'll say, oh, hold on to this. Hold on to that. You don't know what God has for you, so you better hold on to what you do have. Don't step over into that when what God has for us is so much better, so much more. It's beyond what we can ask, think, or imagine. So do not waste the grace. Verses 1 and 2 of the next chapter, it says, We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So today, maybe you're maybe you're listening and and all of us each person watching and here today you alone know where you are with the lord i can i can look at each person and judge and then that's bad i can say oh i think that person's living right and they're doing good and oh oh that person might need to come to the altar but i don't know i have no idea only you know and god knows But today, if you have felt a tug of the Spirit, if you have heard the voice of the Lord, and even if you've been a Christian for a long time and you've heard the voice of the Lord saying, mm, might be time to give up such and such. Might be time to let go of those things that are not serving you. Might be time to let go of some of that trash and trade it for treasure might be time to let go of some of those ashes and trade them in for beauty. So this applies to each one of us. It's not just for those who, who don't know Jesus as Savior. It's for each and every one of us that we can trade, that we can be reconciled to God. Please do not hear his word, feel conviction, and ignore his call. Because there may not be a later. Jesus is coming soon. Ah, He's coming really soon. Whether you believe that or not, He's coming. He, I, I've heard it for 30-something years, and He's coming back sooner than it was 30-something years ago. He's coming back soon, but the thing is, too, there may not be a later for you because I can leave this place today and something could happen to me, and I may never have another opportunity. And I'm not trying to scare anybody, but this is one of the things that is so bad about sin. It sells you the lie that you have plenty of time. It says, you're young. You can, ah, you're fine. You've heard this all your life. Jesus hadn't come back yet. It's going to be a while. But here, Paul is encouraging us, behold, now is the time to receive salvation. So, just a quick reminder about what is so bad about sin. First, it leads to death. Death of our self-worth. Death of our purpose. Death of our mental, physical, emotional well-being. 
Satan doesn't want you to live. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. So, of course, that would mean that, that Satan has no life within him. He, he doesn't want you to live. So if you're not living for Jesus, then automatically we know that whatever it is that we're headed toward is going to kill us in some way. Second thing, sin will try to convince you that there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. Who am I hurting? I'm only, if I am hurting anybody, I'm only hurting myself. Why do I need to be reconciled to God? What difference does it make? Sin will keep you stuck in cycles. Trying in your own strength. I'll try to do better. Oh, I didn't make it. Feeling guilty. Feeling shame. Because that's one of the, oh, one of the things that the enemy loves. Sin is rooted in fear. Fear of missing out. Fear of rejection. Oh, if I turn to Jesus, what are my friends going to think about me? And that peer pressure doesn't stop when you're 15. It continues. <laughs> like, oh, can I hang out with those people anymore? They're going to think I'm weird. They're going to start to say, oh, yeah, you Christian person. You can't do such and such. Not cool. Fear of failing. Oh, if I try. Uh, what if I don't make it? Sin ignores the sacrifice of Jesus. And instead of recognizing the redemptive power of Jesus, it just continu continually reminds us of our sin and keeps us trapped in that in the agony of shame and what did I do and I can't believe I did that and perpetuates the cycle of sinning. And sin tells us that we have plenty of time to serve God. No need to start just yet. You can wait. But I encourage you today, watching here in person, whatever it is, do not wait for your life to begin. Do not wait to make the trade from death to life because what Jesus has, what God has offered us is so much better. So much better. The rewards are better. As the music plays, again, I don't know. I do not know where you are. Only you and the Lord know. I can make my assumptions, but that's I'm not going to do that. Because I'd be wrong. Watching. I don't know where you are in your relationship with the Lord. I have no idea if anyone's ever offered you the opportunity. If anyone's ever spoken to you about what to say, what to do to receive Christ. It's so simple. Honestly, it's just a matter of trading. Of saying, I've got this junk, I've got this trash, and I'll, I don't want it anymore. Take it away and give me something different. So this morning, there are people who are praying for you. Here, those watching online, there are people here who are praying for you that if you have never received the gift that is Jesus Christ or if you have never fully committed your life to him you've you've heard about him your whole life or or maybe you've you've known some or you've thought about it but 
you haven't fully committed. Or maybe you've, you've served God for a while and then you fell back. There are people who are, who are really, truly getting in touch with the Lord for your soul right now. So, if you need to receive Jesus today, and I, if we can all, and I, sometimes it's like, oh, do we want everybody to do this? But if we could all, if we could all, Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I have done wrong and hurt you. I want to trade take away the sin and give me your new life. I trust in you as my Savior. And I thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. And no matter where you are, no matter where you are, if you sincerely, if you prayed that prayer and you sincerely meant it, then you have traded all the old stuff and you've received the newness of life in Christ. It is that simple. It is that simple. And you don't ever have to think about that stuff ever again. You don't have to be reminded of all that stuff, that junk. Because there is newness of life in Christ. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise for all that you do and all that you are. God, we're we're so grateful for this opportunity to be in your house. God, we thank you for your word that is true that is sharp and powerful. And God, not because of what any one person has said, but because of what your word has said, we believe that there are those who have received you as Savior. God, we believe that through the blood of Jesus that he shed on Calvary, and we're celebrating that today, but also because after the third day he rose again and we can be victorious over death and hail and the grave. God, we thank you. We thank you. We praise you. God, I pray for each person here who may have known you for a really long time and they, they've got a buildup of things that shouldn't be there. God, that they've gotten, they've gotten other things kind of packed in where you should be. God, I pray that you would replace those things, that, that even today they would begin to trade and say, Heavenly Father, I I don't need this junk anymore. I want to completely trust you with every single part of my life. That they would ask today for sanctification. That they would ask today for the, for the indwelling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That the things that were in me before, that junk, that stuff that filled me up, those thoughts, those, those attitudes, those actions, God, that even though I'm saved, there's still stuff that I'm stuck on. God, we just ask that you clear that junk away today. That we would begin to walk in the newness of life, no matter how long it's been that we've been serving you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. As we stand today for a dismissing prayer.
we can have the newness of life. And I just pray that everything that has been said would be, would touch your heart. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you. We praise you for what you've done. We thank you. We praise you that you sent your only son, that that was your first plan, that you knew that was going to happen. You knew that you were going to need to do that for us. And that you did not withhold that most precious thing because we are so precious to you. Father God, I pray now that you would work and move in each and every life. God, that those who have received newness of life today would walk in that newness, would continue through prayer, through the word, through discipleship, that, that we would continue to walk in the gift that you have given us. And Lord, I say over your people, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't ever want to go back Ain't no 